When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome in to episode... 38? 39, Coombsy? Uh, I didn't check. I think it is. 38, 38. it is. Episode 38. 38. Blue Jays Nation Radio, presented by DoorDash. Cam Lewis, Tyler Uremchuk, here to break down what was a... Uh, I, I, I used the word depressing in a tweet. Um, that series just had like no flow, no rhythm to it. It was just kind of like sad. And maybe it's because the game started later, so it was like nighttime and they were losing. But like that series was not fun in Seattle. And usually when the Jays go to Seattle, it's a ton of fun. It was a soul-sucking series. It actually reminds me... Really, um, really kind of similar was back in 2014, I traveled down to Seattle to watch them play the three games series. It was in, you know, mid, late August, kind of like this is right now. And at that time, they were just coming off of that 19 inning game they had against the Tigers. Oh, yeah. Where Jose Bautista hit a walk off, very long single with the bases loaded. And then everybody was excited. They were fired up and they went to Seattle and promptly got swept. They didn't get swept this time, but it was... Another one of those extremely cursed Seattle series where the Mariners suck, but things work out for them. And it's frustrating to watch. And that's exactly what that was. So I'm very happy that the Blue Jays are returning back east where they thrive because it seems every time they go out west, it's a grind. Mm -hmm. It is. And this series was exactly that. Like the first game really could have gone either way. And that's the one that really stung because if you could, again, these low scoring one run losses just drive me fucking nuts because their offense is so good. And you get games like the third game of the series where they pop in eight runs. They had five in the first three innings and they make it look so easy. Like their lineup so deep and dangerous because it is, but these games are, it's one run and they only generate two. And it's like, you know, they weren't exactly facing an ace on the other end. Like Chris Flexen's having, a, he's having a good year, but he's not, you know, a Cy young candidate. It's not like he's they got shut baller. down by Otani again. Right. So he's a junk baller. And they always struggle with that. Yeah. Um, that super merit situation, like in 2016 against yeah. Cleveland. Doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's super irritating when they lose those ball games. Uh, let's get into three up, three down presented by Twig and Berries. 15% off with the promo code NATION15. Also, if your order is more than $75 and you're in Canada, it's free shipping. So how about that? Go load up a cart. They got sunglasses now on their website. They're very sharp. Wow. Go check That's them out. Cool. Uh, they lost the series. So we're starting with the downs. And the first one, you have uh, promptly named it Bullpen Meltdown number one. And that one featured the likes of Brad Hand throwing four pitches that weren't even close to the plate with the bases loaded. That was just 
an irritating game ends in appropriate fashion, I suppose, because that was just like, man, just throw it over the damn plate once. Let him put a ball in play. Who gives a shit? But don't walk a guy on four pitches. Yeah, it was it was amazing the shift that we had after, you know, the top of the ninth inning where it was an Alejandro Kirk single and then a Corey Dickerson single and then Santiago Espinal bunts and gets the guys over to second and third. There's only one out. And then George Springer gets intentionally walked. So it's bases loaded with one out. And then it's like, okay, like they got the big guys up. They're going to score. They're going to bust this thing open. They're going to win. This is going to happen. It doesn't happen because Marcus Semyon popped up into foul territory. They decided to send Brevik Valera home. And apparently he got tagged. It didn't really look like he did. And they overturned the call and called him out. And then promptly Adam Simber had his first meltdown as a member of the Blue Jays. I can't remember a situation in which this guy has been bad. So I'm not going to be too hard on him. The guy pitches so much for the team but it was just first two outs then it was walk walk uh single that weird single where it bounced off i, I think it, it bounced off of simber's glove yeah and simian couldn't get to his bases loaded and then holy shit brad hand came in and he was terrible just I, nowhere near the strike zone i saw some people kind of mad at simber for trying to grab that ball that oh, was going on. up the middle and it's one of those things where like reaction it's a reaction and even if in the moment you have a split second to think about it which you really didn't Ball going up the middle, catch it. Like, you know, in, in Simber, like you don't exactly know where everyone is behind you. It's too hard to, in the moment, read like the pace of that ball coming off the bat. You're just trying to grab it if you can. So I didn't really fault Simber for that. And I like the point you made. Like it was a bullpen meltdown. You got to cut Simber a little bit of slack. And also the bullpen shouldn't have been given an opportunity to melt down because the top of the Jays order should have got the job done. And Springer intentionally walked. Okay, not, not exactly his fault, but... I mean, Semin and Guerrero, you'd like to hope one of those two guys could have came up with a big hit for you. And the Valera play, if he was called out and they reviewed it, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have been mad about it because I would have been like, okay, yeah. it's tough to tell. Yeah. But the point is, it was tough to tell yeah. and they called him safe. I don't understand how there was evidence that he was actually tagged. No replay was conclusive at all, in my opinion. No, that's, that's what I thought too. I thought that no matter what the call was, whether he was safe or whether he was out, that's what would have, sh- what should have stood yeah. because it, it, that video was so, I mean, it was so close and we're talking about like the little like wavy strap of leather from the glove touching his forearm as he maybe has his finger on the plate. And it's like, come on, like there is absolutely nowhere near enough evidence to overturn this. But also like another thing to talk about is sending that runner in that situation, a stupid thing to do given Vlad's coming up. Yeah, you kind of take the bat out of Vlad's hand. So, yeah, like I said, you would have liked to, in a perfect world, be like, yeah, I'm confident that one of Vlad or Semyon's going to get a hit and we're going to win this thing. So, yeah, not even giving Vlad the chance. That's kind of a weird call. Yeah, and yeah, it is. I It is a weird call. I think you're right on that. Like, if it would have been a little bit deeper, he would have been safe. If it would have been 10 feet deeper, right? He would have had an mm-hmm. extra point one of a second to get home. So, yeah, probably a bit of a weird call. But in the moment... I, I, I never hate getting a little bit aggressive. And again, I thought he should have been safe. Might have not ended up mattering anyways. So just uh, ugly stuff all along. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a nightmare to watch, which uh, brings us into the second down from the series, which is another bullpen meltdown, which came late in the game on Saturday when uh, I mean, Rafael Dolis had a stinker. No other way to put it. He didn't record an out. He gave up three earned runs, three hits, and he walked a pair of batters as well. Um, Ryu came out. Richards came in. That decision didn't work out either. Um, Poor decisions and then poor execution, I think, is the way to sum that up. 
Yeah, I guess the question here was whether you give Hyunjin Ryu some more rope. I think he was only at around 80 pitches. Ty France hit that triple. It was a pretty hard hit ball that Springer couldn't come up with, and he got hurt. We'll talk about that in two minutes. And then Kyle Seeger grounded out, and there was a walk. And it was like, like it, it did seem like Ryu could probably have kept going. I do kind of, un- I, I don't know. I don't want to be too super critical here because, to be totally honest, Ryu hasn't been Ryu recently. He hasn't been that good. And Richards has been like a damn good bullpen ace pretty much the entire time he's been on the team. So mm-hmm. you can kind of see what they're doing. It's like the reality is just like I said with Simber, it's like this guy's been so good and he's pitched so much that eventually he's going to get knocked around. And it's unfortunately the exact same thing happened with Richards the following night, back to back home runs. Like the, I, we haven't seen him have an outing like this the entire time he's been with the Jays. Like, I'm just looking through his outings and, you know, he's only allowed before that he'd only allowed a run in two of his what like 14 outings he's had with the team. So I mean, let's be real here. I think the reality is is that these two guys are pitching so much because the bullpen's still so bad that now they're burning out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you the plan after the deadline was that those two guys maybe wouldn't have to work as hard as they would, but Brad Hand hasn't been great and Joaquin Soria has been injured. Tim and- as well. Yeah, Tim. So again, you loaded up the bullpen. Like it, I, I was happy with what they did throughout the season and leading up to the deadline. I was like, all right, this is decent here. And then injuries happen again. And it's kind of like, well, fuck that fell apart quickly. Although one potentially positive sign is that Nate Pearson looked pretty good in his uh, rehab game down in Buffalo. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's a positive spin to the two downs being a uh, bullpen related here. The third one, you mentioned it, George Springer goes down again, just a really deflating, deflating moment in a deflating series is, you know, a week after all the hype about George Springer hitting that home run against Boston. We're feeling so good. Can't believe he's a blue Jay. He goes for that hard hit ball. He goes down, he limps off the field. And your initial thought when you see a guy who missed a good chunk oh, of the God. season already with a leg injury was there that's it like that that's going to be it for springer this year right i was worried it was like some sort of sprain that was going to keep him out for a month thankfully it's not that bad regardless though disappointing to see him out of the lineup it is it was like this whole this whole series was like a flashback to may Mm -hmm. It, it takes you back it's like all right here we had two bullpen meltdowns and two tight games and on top of that george springer got hurt it was literally like a quintessential 2021 early season blue jays game and then they came out in the sunday game and kind of killed the bad vibes by having a nice like eight run explosion, which is pretty cool. But this, this series so perfect, this, this series so perfectly wraps up like what the whole season really has been for the team. And it's, it's just so fucking soul crushing, but it is, it is, it is good that, that Springer doesn't appear to have a serious injury though. As we both know, we've talked about it 9 million times before the team's so coy with injuries that even when they're saying, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You don't know if it's actually fine. So yeah, they they have yeah, I'm not gonna be <laughs> I'm not gonna be comfortable with this until I see him starting in center field. Not DHing, but starting in center field. It's still not out of the realm of possibilities for like tomorrow for them to be like, yeah, he's going on the IL. Like no, that I wouldn't mean, be shocking at all. That that's how they've kind of operated this year. Uh let's get to some positives here as the Jays look to turn things around. There were some good things that happened in that series. One of them is Teoscar Hernandez. He wins American League Player of the Week. Third week in a row, a Blue Jays outfielder specifically has won AL Player of the Week. Um, He went one for four in their game one loss. 
And then uh, he followed it up. I mean, three for four in the game, two loss, just another really, really solid performance there. He had a home run. And then in the final game of the series as well, he went yard again. He went three for four again. This guy's got his average up to like 313 now. It's just an incredible run from Teoscar Hernandez and another crazy, crazy weapon in this Blue Jays order. Yeah, look at his numbers are pretty much now climbing up to where he was last year. The power numbers aren't quite as good. The slugging percentage is a bit lower, but the batting average and the on-base are even better than they were last year. And last year was the year that Teoscar finished 11th in MVP voting in the AL. So you get anywhere near that, then you're ecstatic. I mean, yeah, it's a super nice thing to see because when you have five guys in your order like they do, then you can compensate for, you know, Springer getting roughed up and missing a couple of games or Vladdy going cold or, you know, Semyon going cold, whatever. Like there's so much depth here. And yeah, it's great to see. I think, I think at this point there really is zero dart, zero doubt what Hernandez is. Like, I know there was a lot of skepticism when he had his good year last year. It's, oh yeah, it's a short season, blah, blah, blah. But he's been good since like mid 2019 now. And it's like, this guy's a legitimate, good all-star caliber hitter. No doubt. Like I said, on the season, he's batting 313 with 20 home runs, 81 RBIs in his last 15 games. Insane. In his last 15 games, he has a batting average of 453 with four home runs and 53 at bats. That's fucking wild, man. Like batting 453 over a 15 game sample is like, yeah, there's something there, obviously. And like you said, I think this is what he is now. I think this is no more of the like, well, he just came onto the scene hot. He's getting lucky. It's a heater, blah, blah, blah. Like he's been doing this now for a few years. And I think it's time to really recognize Teoscar Hernandez as like one of the upper echelon hitters in the American league and all of baseball. Yeah. It's not like we've never seen a guy in their late twenties break out for the blue Jays before. Yeah. I do. Let's be real. Like he, he draws a pretty, a pretty clean comparison to an all time favorite. You know, he does. He's, he's Jose Bautista. A guy who was tossed around. I mean, he was with the Astros, but but he used to toss around multiple organizations, finds a home here, gets a chance and takes full advantage of it. So full credit to Tay Oscar for, uh, for, I mean, just improving the way he has. It's been awesome to watch. And he's so likable too. Like we've talked about this before, talked about it in depth when he was named an all-star, like just such an easy guy to root for and blends in and fits in so well with his Jays team. It, It is, it really is awesome. Um, the second up we have is Steven Matz putting together a decent start. He allowed no earned runs over five innings, uh, only gave up three hits as well. Struck out four. solid performance from Matz. Now, um, I mean, with, with stripling out, there was a little bit of pressure on Steven Matz to, to take the ball a little bit here and lock down a spot in the rotation. And if he keeps pitching the way he did against Seattle, you gotta be happy with it. It wasn't pretty, but he grinded his way to like a solid outing. Yeah, you can't complain at all. I mean, at this point, Matt's ERA is down to 4.08. And somebody on Twitter today, I think it was it was either Rob Wong or Josh Goldberg. It was one of the two. I just can't remember because their profile pictures look way too similar. But um, yeah, they, they did a side-by-side of Matt's and Taiwan Walker, and it's pretty much identical at this point. Because I remember earlier on in the season, Walker was killing it and Matt's was struggling a bit. It was kind of like, geez, why did they go ahead and make this trade? Why didn't they just re-sign Walker? And now at this point, I think when you look at the big picture, you've got two pretty equal starters. I mean, Matt's isn't perfect. He's not, you know, a top end guy. He's not going to have a great outing every single time out. But I mean, if you look at it big picture, more often than not, he gives the team a chance to win. And that is completely fine. I think we're, we're comfortable with him in the rotation at this point. It's a very good number five to have. 
Yeah, and I mean, find me how many teams have a fifth starter who is elite and 100% trustworthy and never has bad outings, right? Like Steven Matz, to be your fifth guy, you're in a pretty good spot. It was Rob Wong, by the way, who drew the comparison between Matz and Taiwan Walker, which was interesting as well. Um, we got a third up here. We're going to do Vladdy, who... Uh, we talked about, or I talked about it on the last episode with Jonah Bierenbaum, that he was in a little bit of a mini slump. At that point, over his last seven games, he was batting like 150 or something. Like, it was really not good. Um, but thanks to a strong series against Seattle, his batting average in the last seven games is now up to 259. He picked up a hit in every single game of this series, going one for two with a pair of walks in game one. In game two, he went three for five. And in game three, he went one for five. His batting average on the year up to 314 as well. Um, no one was concerned. No one was hitting a panic button with Vladdy. Regardless, it's it's reassuring to see him come through with a solid series like he had. Yeah, he was fighting it in that Anaheim series specifically. I remember it was the first game of the doubleheader. He made that unfortunate error for his base. He lost the ball in the sun and then his next at bat, he either struck out or grounded out or something looked really fucking pissed off. I hadn't seen him look that pissed off all season. It was probably like, I, I hadn't seen him look that upset since probably last year when they lost to Tampa in the playoffs. And yeah, he had a rough, rough go the entire series. I'm not really sure what it was, but probably just fatigue to be honest. He plays, you know, every single game and he hasn't really had much of a cold streak this year. So it's bound to happen. But the reality is it's only went on for like a week if that, and then he's pretty much back to just being good again. The only thing here is that it's a damn shame that in the first game didn't have a chance to come up in that top of the ninth inning for a big moment. Cause it did kind of feel like maybe he could have, he could have had a, like a huge hit there, but that got yeah. taken out of his hands and I'm still bitter about it. I'm still mad. Uh, yeah. Was, and I, I, th- I think there is ago, reason. Still pissed off. <laughs> now. Yeah. That whole series against Seattle still doesn't sit well with me. Oh. Puts a little bit of pressure on them in this upcoming series here, uh, but that is three up three down presented by twig and berries um, in some other worth mentioning stuff. I, the Nate Pearson rehab mm-hmm. going well, that that's important for this team. I think um, I, I'm going to pull up the numbers here for that game. He, uh, he pitched over, over the last week here. It was in Buffalo, August 14th, um, pitched one inning, struck out one, didn't allow a hit, didn't allow a run, didn't walk anyone. So just a really nice first step, I think, for Nate Pearson. And hopefully in the next, like, it'd be a dream, man. If two weeks from now, we're talking about the Jays still being in the race and having like Merriweather and Pearson in their bullpen. I've, 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 I've kind of talked myself out of having any expectations for Julian Merriweather. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I have definitely talked myself into... Nate Pearson's going to be the bullpen ace when he's back. And I don't know if that's a risky thing for me to tell myself is going to happen, but I just go back to thinking about that performance in the playoffs game two last year against Tampa. The game was out of reach. It was over. It didn't matter, but he came in and they six guys and struck five of them out and it was insane. So if you get some of that, then it just makes life so much easier because it makes the game so much shorter and they're leaning so heavily on two guys right now, Simber and Richards. And you can tell, like I said earlier, they're getting burnt out because they pitched so much and they both imploded this weekend. So the Jays need another reinforcement here. And that reinforcement has got to be Nate Pearson. Coming up next here for the blue Jays. This is brought to you by DoorDash. Use the promo code BJNPODDD. gets first time users of the app, 25% off and no delivery fees. Shout out to DoorDash. Uh, just a quick two against the Washington nationals. And to put it simply, this team sucks ass. They are one in nine in their last 10. They sold off at the deadline. Um, they've lost seven games in a row. Now they have a minus 57 run differential and they have a record of 30 and 55 against teams better than 500. 
the Jays should win both these games by five runs a fucking piece, man. You look at the expected starters. It's Eric Fetty who started earlier this season against the Jays and somehow shut them down going six innings and only allowing two hits. You can't let that happen again. And then Josiah Gray, who is a 4.13 ERA, but has only pitched like 24 innings at the big league level this season. He's going to get a crack against the Jays in the second game. Toronto has Alec Manoa going for one of them and Jose Barrios for the other one. So two of their more trustworthy arms in the rotation. There's no reason for them to lose a game here, right? I'm looking at I'm looking at the Nationals right now in baseball reference and it's their top 12 players by war are all wearing different hats for different teams now. <laughs> Trey Turner is gone. Josh Harrison's gone. Max Scherzer's gone. Jan Gomes is gone. Kyle Schwarber is gone. Daniel Hudson's gone. The only one still here is Juan Soto. This is the rotting corpse of a team. And if the Jays can't win both these games, then I just don't fucking know. Like you have two good starters going, like we said, it's Manoa and it's uh, Berrios. Yeah, Washington has two mediocre starters going. <laughs> you mean, if, if, if they're serious about contending, they legitimately have to win these two games. We, we talked the whole first half of the season about how easy the schedule is going to be later on. And now here the easy schedule is. You got Washington, Detroit's coming up. Detroit again later on the following week. Baltimore, you know, got to win these games. Absolutely. And if you can win all of these games, I know that sounds lofty, but again, all these teams suck and the teams in front of you are beating all the bad teams. Then it takes a little bit of pressure off what you'd have to do against the Chicago White Sox in a sense as well, right? Like at that point, if you split against the White Sox, but you beat all these shitty teams that are around them in the schedule, you're going to be in a really nice spot. And the other good thing about this upcoming week here is that some of the teams they're chasing have a tough stretch. The Oakland A's start a series in Chicago against the White Sox this coming week. We saw the White Sox give the uh, give the Yankees a bit of a tough time as well. They're only five and five in their last 10, but still they're a good ball club good. in Chicago. So there's a chance for Oakland to not win that many games this upcoming week. And I know the Rays get the Orioles. I'm not too worried about the Rays anymore. The Jays aren't winning the division. But the Yankees play the Red Sox. So if you can take Yankees Red Sox. Yeah, who are we cheering for? I was I was thinking about this today because I was writing about I was writing a post about what the other teams were up to. And I had conceded, okay, if the Yankees or the Rays are playing Tampa, we're cheering for Tampa because we've given up on the division and we're worried about those two teams falling out of the wild card. But when they're playing each other, what the fuck do we do? I think I might be cheering. I think I I might be. I think I was going to, I think I'm cheering for Boston because I still don't think Boston's going to hold on to that spot and the dream scenario. I think either way here, you want one of them to sweep, right? Yeah. Cause if one of them can sweep and you can take care of business against Washington, you're going to hold even with that team and really gain ground on the other. And I mean, maybe by the end of this week, the Jays are in that spot right outside the wild card. That would be an absolute dream here. Yeah. If, if, if Boston sweeps the Yanks and the Jays win too, because the Jays are two back of the Yanks right now, then that would have them a half game up on New York. And I think New York is better than Boston. I think they're a stronger team. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think absolutely. We're cheering for the Red Sox here. Um, and hopefully Oakland drops a couple. It's a four gamer for them against yes. the White Sox. This is a huge, huge week on the outer town scoreboard. And I love it. Like I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm such a nerd for like fucking having the standings <laughs> page open and like checking it three times a day. And at the beginning of the year, if you would have told me, Hey, there's going to be some hardcore scoreboard watching and there's going to be meaningful games in, in mid August leading into September. I'd be really fired up about that. So this week here, I'm going to enjoy it. It's a disappointing outcome against Seattle, but there's a legitimate chance here over the next like five, six, seven days for mm-hmm. them to really get this thing fucking back on track. So we should be excited. 
Yeah, once they get home too, I mean, let's be real. Like the West Coast trip has never been kind to the Blue Jays. They yeah. always struggle on these trips. I mean, I can't remember very many instances. I mean, I, mean, I can remember sometimes they've taken like two out of three from Seattle, whatever, but I can't remember times where they've just gone in and they've won, you know, six of seven games on a Western swing. It never happens. So this was kind of expected. It sucks, but it is what it is. And now they're coming back home. Well, there's the two in Washington, but they're back home after that. You know, they're difficult series against the White Sox. Again, it's a series at home and they've, you know, beaten tough teams at home. They're going to get that Toronto boost again, which is, you know, what you like to see. And hopefully they can continue just like kicking the shit out of teams at the Rogers Center. That's, that's, that's what they need to do because, that's what we that's what we said when they came back. It was they're gonna get a huge momentum boost from playing in front of their own fans for the first time in two fucking years. And that's what happened. So keep those good times rolling. Keep the good times rolling. That's exactly what the Jays need to do going forward here. Coomsey, I'm gonna miss having you out west, man. But uh you enjoy you have a good flight back to Toronto and uh Edmonton will feel more empty with you gone. Yeah, but the uh the boys need me back out east. So the, J, the Jays are better when Cam is in Toronto, and that is an undeniable fact, and they're absolutely connected. If you don't think so, stop listening to the pod. Uh, Coomsey, enjoy your week. Enjoy your flight back. Enjoy the Jays beating the shit out of the Nats for a cup, couple. I will. You enjoy it, too. Best wishes. We'll chat on, what's this, Thursday? Wednesday? Yeah. Thursday. 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 Wednesday or Thursday. One of the two. Wednesday or right. Thursday. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 